I'm Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Holden Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your newsfeed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. My beautiful baby had a birthday over the weekend. <laughs> I did. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, E. I did. Thank you for your beautiful message. You get my little thing in the mail yet? Mm-mm. It's coming. Now you know you ain't got to do nothing. I know I don't have to, but I don't like, um, I'm big on my, first of all, you know I'm big on my birthday. Yes. And you know that I'm not one of those people. My birthday is the ninth. Yes. It ain't the eighth. <laughs> it ain't the motherfucking twelfth. It's it is on the ninth. The ninth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm low-key mad that uh, this, sir, this was my first time using this particular delivery service that they, mm-hmm. um, they are tardy with the party from it's Mr. It's all Ross, good, and thank you coming. for the thought, okay? Of course. Thank of course, you, Ebony. Well, I had you know, a great you birthday. you 31, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's special. Thank you, okay? 31. It's special. Hell, 21. 21. We're going to put it, we're going to take it back, let's roll let's, it back. Let's run it back. Like Walmart, roll back. Ro- ro- look, okay? roll back, run it back. That's right. Because that's the time of year it is. Um, You had a fun time? I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Thank I, you, I my love. I saw the assets. It yeah, looked, it looked like thank a good time. you. Yeah, I wanted it to look like a rap video. It was giving, it was giving big pimping vibes. Perfect. It was yeah. giving, yeah. You know, a little duality. We just had to go to that side of it that time. I love it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Thank you. How um, was your weekend, E? Uh, I, I slept most of it, which was much needed. Yes, Lord. You, you know, look refreshed. That's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like I've actually rested. Yeah. Which is nice. And a, that that is such a blessing, it you is. know. And you were resting in your your beautiful abode. Ebony. In my Harlem okay. Jewel box. Okay, okay, yes, Carrie James and I. That's right. We were just relaxing. Wonderful. And profiling. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm actually really glad that we had a little bit of a change in schedule that's allowed us to record today and mm-hmm. not our usual record day because it's letting us get straight to um, really the, the breaking news around uh, Miss Shanquilla Robinson <sighs> and the fact that I think we were all devastated and shocked Got i'll speak it. for myself yes. yeah it felt like a sucker punch mm-hmm. uh when the news broke that the u.s prosecutors uh u.s attorney's office will not will not be pursuing any charges uh as it relates to the death of miss Shanquilla robinson so we're going to talk about that because i i know we both were tagged um uh, on social media with people asking you know make it make sense for us because it don't it don't make no sense mm-hmm. and and we we we're going to do that uh, today during this episode also ah that's what i you you, you know I, I was really getting so old us when you say what i do this weekend i can't even <laughs> damn remember that's the truth it'd be like that sometimes okay <laughs> but i did spend uh some time this weekend dustin ross watching the hour-long brand new netflix comedy special by miss monique yes same Yes. We're going to talk because we have not spoken about we it. We have not, and I'm glad we have and not. I'm glad. We're going to save fresh. it for the mic. That's right. We're going to talk about Miss Monique. We're going to talk about the special. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about everything that led to the special. Oh, yeah, because it was some things. It was some things. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about a brand new lawsuit that mm. Monique has filed uh, against CBS and Paramount as it relates to the Parkers mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a bag mm-hmm. that she says she is owed as it relates to the royalties from mm-hmm. that show. And I think that's very... I, I, I have a, a take on Monique and her propensity for litigation. Okay. Yeah. And it might surprise some people. And then we're going to close this episode. Some people, not all people. Mm-hmm, some. Motherfuckers, they really know me ain't going to be surprised I think at I all. know which way it's going to go. I was just about to say. I, I'm pretty sure I can, you know. Okay. Uh-huh. You, you can see the way the wind mm-hmm. is going. I can see it, yep. Then that's what we're going to wrap with, this uh, Tesla case. And mm. this has been in the news, and a lot of people have been making commentary. This is a black man who was a Tesla employee, 
sued for racial discrimination one and when i said this to our producer ashley hobbs uh i said let's do this tesla story where this black man won and lost at the same damn time yeah oh yeah. and we'll and, and i'll tell you exactly what that means in a minute all right so let's, let's go to the top and let's talk about uh miss shanquilla robinson and again just I, re- I remember scrolling on social and then seeing people starting to post that this decision had come down from the U.S. Attorney's Office, Dustin, that they indeed have decided after uh, what they claim, I have to say they claim, mm-hmm. was a thorough investigation. We'll get to what her family's lawyer says in, in, in response to that. U.S. Attorney's Office claims that they did a thorough investigation following the death of Ms. Shanquilla Robinson. Uh, if if it rings a bell, it's because this is a young lady, beautiful young lady, 26 years old, Charlotte, North Carolina native, my hometown yes. where I was raised and grew up. Uh, and she was on vacation with s- six of her f- so-called friends. We did a whole episode we around did. this. Got to be real careful who you travel with. Mm-hmm. Shanquilla went to uh, Cabo San Lucas, uh, Pacific side of Mexico with these folks, and they all shared a villa. And... It went viral because we actually saw the video footage, Dustin. We saw the the phone, uh, the cell phone camera footage of what was clearly, to me and to anybody watching, this young lady being jumped uh, mm-hmm. is, is what we used to call it mm-hmm. back in the day. And no one was coming to her defense. Everybody, mm-hmm. including a young man mm-hmm. who was supposedly her best friend. Uh, just you could hear him off camera just saying... Uh, fight back mm-hmm. to Shanquilla as she is just being pounded Watching on. her get the, the shit beat out of her. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just just, just beating this, this this young lady up. Savagely. Def- def- savagely, defensively. Mm-hmm. He's saying, fight back, fight back. And you could tell she's clearly, I don't know if she's a new inebriated. I don't know what the situation was. Maybe not. Maybe she just uh, didn't have any uh, ability to, to, to fight back. But it, at any rate, it ended with her death. Mm-hmm. It ended with a lot, way more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. There was an original autopsy done in Mexico, uh, which you, you can guess about how thorough and accurate mm-hmm. that would be. Then there was a big time gap, which is really where her lawyer, her family's lawyer, spent some time, Dustin. There was a big time gap between Shanquilla being found dead in Mexico. Originally, this same so-called group of friends came home. They all came home. Everybody came home but Shanquilla, Right. They tell Shanquilla's parents, like, where is our daughter? They tell her, Dustin, they tell the parents, Dustin, she died of alcohol poisoning. Okay. Lie detector determined that was a lie. Even the Mexico autopsy said that was a lie. So then the United States does a secondary autopsy. Shanquilla's body is, is rightfully flown home. There's an autopsy done domestically. And it has originally, we were reported right. that there was a spinal disconnect mm-hmm. and that that was the result of her death. Very important, even on the second U.S. autopsy, cause of death undetermined. Now, that, that does pose a problem for the investigation, and I want to go into it in a minute. So her family... Uh, and all of the social media attention, and I want to applaud the culture on this. Absolutely. Driving yes. this story totally. forward. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And remember, we I talked about, we talked about part of the reason this story got so much coverage nationally. Yeah. It's quite frankly because Shanquilla had the right assets. That, she had that, that headshot. Shot. Yep. And we, we just saw it go viral again yep. in the wake of this recent development in her case. So there is something to be said for, uh, and, and it's sad to say, but it's, 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 it's truthful to say, that in a social media age that we live in, in a mass media age that we live in, 
when it comes to the stories that get coverage and the ones that don't, uh, I have to think back to John Benet Ramsey. How many times did we see that fucking glamour shot of this six-year-old little girl? Um, and a lot of the reason the coverage was so in, uh, insatiable is because the image is ripe for consumption. And I really need people to understand that. So with Shanquilla, uh, although a young black girl, and typically those cases go ignored, um, she was so compelling in her image, so beautiful, so uh, captivating, so compelling that it forced newsrooms and social media outlets to cover her again and again and again and again. I'm just like this. Hearing that news was so disappointing for so many reasons. We have a personal attachment to this case. Yeah. And to what, what what happens next concerning this case, um, because we watched, like you said, that act taking place. And you, as a human being, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Seeing somebody in a defenseless state like that just being beaten, yep. it makes you want to help them in yeah. some way. So that now here, you know, the p people who are responsible for making sure there's some accountability and, and some sort of consequence for that behavior to hear them say basically what well, we washing our hands of this shit. Yeah. It is, you know, it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. And, and I'm going to tell you what, normally, like if we could harken back to when we cover like Breonna Taylor, for instance, yeah. normally it's the inverse order of what has happened in this case, uh, Dustin, which makes it so like really frustrating and devastating for me. Normally what happens first is there's a local investigation. Mm -hmm. So whether that's citywide or statewide. So normally in this kind of case, Charlotte Mecklenburg mm -hmm. or the state of North Carolina would have headed this investigation. And 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 let's say they did it and then they say, okay, we're gonna wash our hands. We don't feel like there's a there's the evidence to, to be able to get a, a verdict or uh prosecute effectively. Then I would come on this microphone, we would come on these microphones and then I would say, Don't worry, jurors, fret not. Because the federal DLG, oversight. Yeah. So we got we got we're gonna we're gonna see a similar situation that we saw with Breonna Taylor where uh, raggedy ass AG in Kentucky with his dumb ugly ass, mm -hmm. and I don't really call people ugly, but he's ugly. He too. is he has, like, inside and out. And he looked like he was in a new edition movie. <laughs> one of the one of the guys they went to and school the, with, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't get picked right. for the group. Just get his ass kicked at school. Right. Anyway, anyway, um, ugly. Uh, when he didn't want to do his job mm -hmm. as a prosecutor uh, for the state of Kentucky, we see Merritt Garland step in, step in mm -hmm. and handle business. Mm -hmm. So normally I can report on this type of story with some optimism, Dustin, mm -hmm. is my point, right? And saying, okay, uh, Fred Nigeria's state of North Carolina can't, can't get it done. Don't worry about it. That's what federal oversight is for. And let yes, them do it. Yes. What's so shitty here, Charlotte didn't even pretend to try. I remember, like, it was so obtuse and so mm -hmm. just unconscionable mm -hmm. charlotte mecklenburg didn't that came out off off bat off the gate off bat and said oh we we can't do anything about this this is beyond our jurisdiction so so this skipped a local effort and went straight to the feds because they were the only ones even willing and i got i gotta put that context with it dustin only the federal government was even willing mm -hmm. to put the time and resources whatever limited time and resources they were they were the only jurisdiction even willing to look into the matter at all uh charlotte and state of north carolina immediately said oh this happened in mexico out, out of country Fuck oh we it. have no jurisdiction yeah. but it, it matters not to us that's what they said 
So here comes the federal government saying, okay, well, we're going to put some bodies on it. We're going to we're going to take some months and look into it and, and review the autopsy report. And we're going to, uh, I'm sure, sit down with as many people as, as they can have access to to find out what happened in that villa that particular night. I mean, Dustin, they can't even really say a, an accurate date of death for this young woman. We're hearing everything from, you know, a three-day span. It was the 28, 29, I mean, come on or about. And let me just say this, y'all, as devastating, as sad, as maddening as it is to get this news that the U.S. Attorney's Office, which is the Department of Justice, they're one and the same, mm-hmm. will not be moving forward with this prosecution from an emotional place. I'm pissed off and I'm, ha- I'm heartbroken, but from a legal lens. Yeah. You I'm not surprised. I, I can't. I can't even be mad at it, and, okay. I, and I'm pissed to say that, Dustin. Yeah. I don't like saying that. Right. But let me tell you why. From a legal lens, I cannot be mad at this decision. Okay. Okay. Number one, everybody likes to talk talk these stats about the federal uh, government and their prosecution record. Everybody knows that you ain't got to be a lawyer. You could be on the fucking streets. Everybody knows the 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 federal prosecutor's office has a 98 percent conviction rate. Mm-hmm. We, we hear that all the time. Well, let me tell you why. They have that conviction rate, not because they're perfect prosecutors. They have that conviction rate, Dustin Ross, because they never, ever bring a case they can't prove. Mm-hmm. They just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do it when other offices would bring it. Yeah. They have an impeachable benchmark in terms of the evidence that they require their offices to have on the front end of the case that says there's pretty much no scenario in which we get to a trial and we're not coming back with the guilty verdict that we sought because the evidence is overwhelming. In this case, let's talk about already just on the outside, Dustin, and I'm not on the inside, but just what I can see from the outside where they've got proof problems. You don't have a real cause of death. Mm -hmm. You've got a United States autopsy report that says cause of death undetermined. You don't even have homicide as a cause of death. That's like an entry point to prosecution. So already these so-called friends and their defense lawyers are going to say, what was the crime? Yeah, there was they're no, say, yeah. You can't even, uh, the, 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 the federal government's own uh, expert can't even convincingly testify under oath that she was murdered. That's what they're going to say. They're going to say, for all we know, she could have died in her sleep. She could have died of an aneurysm. She could have died of natural causes. So now convict my clients beyond uh, proof of a reasonable doubt that she was murdered when the prosecutor's expert can't even say she was murdered. I mean, that's an acquittal right there. Then you get to the fact that, like I said, we can't even pinpoint the day and time she died. Mm -hmm. See, it's too many unanswered questions. Now, why are some of those questions unanswered? I want to, let's talk about the lawyer and, and, and the family's lawyer in this case. The family is represented by Sue Ann Robinson. Okay. Put a pin in that because some of y'all are familiar with Sue Ann. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I'm going to plug in the, the pieces there so we know how we know Miss Sue Ann Robinson. Mm-hmm. But she's an attorney, licensed to practice in the state of North Carolina. She is representing the Robinson family. Not No relation, by the way. Sue Ann says, and I think she's right, she, she held a press conference uh, with the family and said that black and brown people always have to carve our own paths to justice. She talked about the fact that there was no swift action. This is a quote from Sue Ann Robinson. There was no swift action on this case. 
There was absolutely no urgency on the part of U.S. authorities. If you wait till five months after someone committed a crime, they would have the opportunity in time and space to delete text messages, if that's what they wanted to do, to talk to each other about the case. She's right, mm -hmm. right? At that point, you've got an opportunity for um, coercion. You've got an opportunity for uh, people to scheme, plot, lie, and, and cover up evidence. Evidence gets missing within minutes after a crime is committed. So that lag time between when Shanquilla Robinson uh, was killed and when this investigation even started, Dustin, creates all this opportunity for uh, inconclusive uh, evidence. And that's a problem. She's mm -hmm. right about this, the, the, the time delay being a key factor as to why the evidence isn't tight. Uh, she goes on to say, now, federal prosecutors said this. They said that they do not normally issue public statements about the status of, a, of an investigation. Right. In this case, they made a different decision, obviously, because they had to. The profile of the case was so high. Yeah, like, they had no People choice. are watching and, and wanting to know why. And wanting to know why, mm -hmm. Dustin. They also say, this is the feds, it's important to reassure the public uh, that the experienced federal agents and seasoned prosecutors extensively reviewed the available evidence, and they have concluded that federal charges cannot be pursued. Again, I want to I say what cannot be pursued. What they're not saying is that we don't think this girl was killed. They're mm -hmm. not saying that. Mm -hmm. They probably do. Mm -hmm. What they're saying is there is what happened and there is what we can prove in a court of federal jurisdiction. Right. And the gap between those two realities, Dustin Ross, is too large for them to carry. Yeah. That's not in defense of them. I'm just telling y'all what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, that's just what it is. When you don't have, I just got to go back to cause of death. Mm -hmm. When you don't have a cause of death, when you don't have a precise day and time, you know, it's almost like trying to prosecute a crime with no body, which is very hard to do. Uh, and unfortunately, because those pieces of evidence are not clear, that's why they're saying they cannot pursue the prosecution. Uh, the family, of course, is not accepting this, uh, understandably, more than understandably, overstandingly. Yeah. Uh, they are devastated. They, they, they are not um, dropping this, nor should they. The family's attorney said this, the message cannot be that U.S. citizens can go overseas, commit crimes against other U.S. citizens, and come back and say they're on base and they're safe and they're not going to be arrested and there's going to be such a delay in the investigation that evidence will have time to dissipate. And she's right. She's basically talking about a precedent that says this could look like a model mm -hmm. for how to get away with murder. Duh. Like, that's what that's what everybody's looking at this as at this point. I, hmm. No. Go ahead. You know... Accountability looks different, right? Per who is requesting it. Oh, absolutely right. So this is oh, one this way. This was a white girl. Oh, later. Uh, yeah, this totally. is one way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that those people can face accountability for her death. Yeah. And there's other ways too. So oh, for, for that's sure. it. You know for what sure. I'm saying? Say, I say just, less. So I, hear I you. but and, yeah. and and I just. So, okay, so what's next, Ebony? What does this mean for, like, Mexico pursuing... So, yes, great question. So this does not have... This does not stop nor exalt the current uh, 
extradition mm-hmm. order that is still alive and active mm-hmm. for an unnamed individual. So Mexico will not reveal the name of the individual, but they have definitely issued an arrest warrant and an extradition request for at least one individual um, involved in this. Okay. So that remains outstanding. Now, it could be the case. It could be the case, Dustin. Um, now I'm really thinking about this actively, so that was really a good prompt for me. It could be the case that Mexico was standing down, so to speak, as this federal investigation occurred. Now that it has concluded, it they could put some urgency. Mm-hmm. That could be the case. I'm not privy to their plan, but I could see that scenario. Mm-hmm. The family, what's next for them? They're going to hold a march at the State Department in D.C. on May 19th, which is 200 days since Tranquilla Robinson's passing. This is, again, per uh, their attorney, Sue Ann Robinson. Now, what is that march going to do? In terms of moving the needle on the federal prosecution, nothing. Let me let me be very clear. I ain't going to do nothing for that. What it will do, I do believe in the power of uh, political optics. Okay. Um, so I, and that's got to be, I mean, she, uh, Sue Ann Robinson, I don't know her personally, but... You know, from all reports, she's a credible attorney. I know that she's not telling her client that we're going to hold a we're march. Gonna march and and gonna, and we're going to march and We're going to march and pray and protest, and they're going to reopen the investigation. That that that's that's definitely not happening. Uh, but what it can do is anything could happen, right? Like it could be that somebody with information sees that march is watching c-span and, and, and it's to, yeah that that does happen mm-hmm. that's why a lot of times when when people have um missing or kidnapped uh loved ones or murdered family members or friends they they do those sit down interviews that's not just for their own publicity right. sake that is a cry for help that is an invitation to those that have information about this we're hurting mm-hmm. we're grieving mm-hmm. and the only thing we can get is justice and sometimes that moves people. Let's hope. Well, I'm hopeful then. Cause yeah, but it's, um, you know, it sucks. Now, um, if Mexico was to move forward with, with extraditing this individual, yeah. do they need any sort of cooperation from the U.S. government or the entities, or only, can they just come pick your extra- ass up? <laughs> like, how does the this only- work? <laughs> Scoop them up. Just, uh, put them in the van. Vamos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Andale, andale. Okay. Oh, I cannot do this with you. Um. They do need federal cooperation uh, just for the extradition, mm-hmm. only the extradition. Though. They don't need federal um, U.S. cooperation for their prosecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't see the U.S. Blocking interfering that. with okay. that. No, yeah. no. I mean, they, they, they tried and failed. Mm-hmm. So the least you can do is get the hell out of the way mm-hmm. uh, as another jurisdiction, which, you know, tries to, to, to seek some justice here. Uh, it's, 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 this, is a, this is a shitty, shitty situation is what this is. Like I said, I... I, I I don't believe that this young lady and her family ha- need to accept no accountability. Yeah. That's 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 not a um that's just not that that doesn't sit well mm-hmm. with me. Uh and it shouldn't sit well with anybody. However, I have to hold the space for the 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 the, the astute legal analysis from the federal prosecution side mm-hmm. that says we can't prosecute a case with with now no evidence. Right. So there's that. Um, and, and again, that's why it's so shitty. I mean, just again, these these conflicting death reports, right? One saying, this is something that CNN uh, assessed, excuse me, had access to, is saying that the cause of death was a severe spinal cord injury uh, and, and basically uh, the utmost neck and vertebrae were almost uh, disconnected. 
okay? And this was talking about her death being on October 29th. Then another, a whole different report is saying it was accidental or violent. Uh, they don't know. So even that's a question. So if you're the prosecutor, you're saying, okay, this was a violent death. Okay, that's 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 half of the statement. The other said accidental. I want to know who did the damn autopsy. And that's a really good question. Now, that's actually a really good point. Okay, let's look at this. U.S. officials told the family that the autopsy, which was completed after Shankula Robinson's body had been embalmed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that was that in Mexico, so who who knows what that situation was like. Then it was transported, she was transported back to the U.S. Then that autopsy revealed that there was no spinal cord injury. But it did show there was swelling to her brain, although cause of death is still what? Undetermined. See, those gaps, where you've got a Mexican autopsy saying it was spinal cord injury, but also saying accidental or violent, we can't tell. Mm -hmm. Then you come to the U.S., her body has been, uh, in a word, contaminated. Compromised. Compromised. For sure. Totally. And then that autopsy, that medical uh, examiner, ME, is saying, well, we didn't see spinal cord damage, but we saw swelling of the brain. See, those are the, the types of holes that are any basic, not I can't even say good, just a basic-ass defense lawyer can say, uh-uh. It's going to say, yeah, just this, 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 and this can't even be adequately, consistently answered. So you cannot, judge and jury, convict my client. We don't even know if this young lady was violently murdered or was she ac- did she die accidentally. We don't know if was it a spinal cord injury or was it brain swelling or was it none of the above. Did she die on October 29th or was, or was it the 28th? You can't have those kind of questions going into trial. So what's okay? So the family's options now are what? Can they sue? Can is yeah. there some civil action that and, can be and taken? Sue Ann Robinson, their family lawyer, said that's all but certain. So yes, and, and, and I'm glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You ask all the right damn questions. <laughs> My bad. I no, just be no, thinking you do over here like I needed to tell you this. Okay, so I just talked about it's been a lot of time on the severity of the threshold that federal prosecutors hold. They hold the highest one in the land. Mm-hmm. State prosecutors don't hold it that high. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll roll the fucking dice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, I mean, listen, let me, let me, let me, yeah. let me, let me just give that some context. All prosecutors take an oath, actually, mm-hmm. when they are uh, sworn into that actual position as prosecutors, in addition to lawyers, they take a separate oath. We all take an oath as lawyers, but they take a separate oath as prosecutors saying, we will only bring charges that we have a good faith belief that we can prove right and that's a good thing right we mm-hmm. don't want prosecutors in the same we got what's good for the goose got to be good Absolutely. for the Absolutely, yeah the same way we don't want them just bringing brothers and sisters up for, mm-hmm. for all some trumped up bullshit charges that is why that is the the the, the oath mm-hmm. they have an ethical obligation as a prosecutor to not bring charges that you don't have a good faith belief that you can prove evidentiary okay that said, the feds take it to the next level. Now, let's talk about that standard of proof. It is proof beyond a reasonable doubt that this, 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 and this happened, thus guilty. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of movement in terms of American criminal accountability, and that's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But you make a good question, which is, what about civil? What about a lawsuit? Totally different standard of proof, mm-hmm. which is a good thing in this case. Standard of proof in a civil action is not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's only more probable than not. Mm. We call it a 51% mm-hmm. rule. 
all that, that, that the lawyer has to do in this case, in the civil case, and the lawsuit, Dustin, is prove that it is more likely than not, so 51%-ish, that these particular individuals that we are bringing suit against for wrongful death, that would be the claim, are responsible. Not even that they killed her, per se, with their own hands, but that they are responsible for her being dead. You see it in a case like OJ, mm. where there was not uh, sufficient evidence to prove. Uh, is it Orthania? What the fuck is his name? Yeah, Oth. Oth. What? Orenthal. Orenthal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orenthal. I, I call him Orenthal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and Orenthal. I know someone named Orenthal. That I grew up with. That's why it just jumped me. I was like, Orenthal. They could. There was not enough proof that Orenthal James mm-hmm. killed. Ron Brown and Nicole Brown Simpson beyond a reasonable doubt. They couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. Hence the acquittal. But there was enough evidence per a civil jury that he was responsible for their deaths. Hence why he was found liable in the civil action and had to give up all his shit. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference there. So yes, and I think that even with these outstanding questions, there's a very good chance, Dustin, that her the, the, her family, Shanquilla Robinson's family, will see some measure of justice in a wrongful death suit. And who will the suit be against? Again, those fr- those friends. And they can pick and choose. Now, they don't have to bring it against all of them. Uh, in fact, from a legal strategy position, they might want to look at that video mm-hmm. and pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Because I think once you start just putting everybody in the mix, um, then there becomes questions of like who's responsible. And if, and if I'm not certain, if I'm not convinced that this young lady is as responsible as this young man is responsible as this young lady, now you've got a situation where no one's liable. Right. And what about the, what can be done about the, the time? So my thing is this, right? Why did it take them so long to do the second autopsy, right? From the moment that they went, that her body was brought back to the state. Right. And, and yeah. what can be done about that, right? Like, like who's responsible for that? Waiting to do the second autopsy, her body being further compromised and further, you know, vulnerable to the evidence, you know, being changed, missing, missing change, or something yeah. in some way. Like, is is there something? Can they go after the government in that case, or like, what is? Where are they with they that can. part? I, I have but to it would just be say just a, it would be moot. Uh, okay, like likely. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, the family lawyer can bring a claim of negligence mm-hmm. or you know uh, whatever against you know the delay in investigation but i, I see that the, the, the federal government really knows how to play this game yeah you know that's why we're seeing them th- being so quote forthright that's why they're putting out statements they're doing all of this not for the sake of Shaquilla robinson we know that they're doing this to protect themselves dustin they're doing this to put themselves in a position that says we did all we could mm-hmm. So trying to bring a claim of negligence or delay would be futile at this point. Okay. Because of the way they've played their they played their hand very fucking well. That's a crazy feeling to have to just yeah. eat, eat the death of a loved one when you saw it when take you place. Saw it. Yeah. That's crazy. Like yeah. that that being in that position is really crazy to me. Yeah. Like I said, at this at this point, they they've got to put the energy into following up with Mexico and just pray on that. Because God knows what that's going to look like. And then the civil liability wrongful death. That's that's probably their best effort at this point. Now, worried about Miss Sue Ann Robinson. If she looks familiar or sounds familiar to any of you, it's probably because you, like me, 
are in a chokehold love affair with a mm-hmm. little series called Ready to Love. Mm, she was on Ready to Love. Honey. I didn't know that. This season. It's a very good season. Okay. Go Best ahead. season so, in a long time. Yeah. So she was on this season of Ready to Love. And what is... You got to laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> she she was beefing the entire time with um, <coughs> another young lady on the show. Her name was Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey would call Sue Ann Advocate Sue because she's she is an attorney. And I will say, and I'll say this, I'll own my shit. Those of us that like really, like there's people that are lawyers, but then there's those of us that like are lawyers. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. it's in our spirit. The it's, passion is yeah, there. That's yeah. just, like whether we practice it mm-hmm. or not. Like mm-hmm. I, haven't pra- I haven't been in a courtroom and practiced law in over 10 years, mm-hmm. but I'm a lawyer every motherfucking day. We you can are. be at Wendy's. I'm yep. a fucking lawyer, bitch. I said, well, you, why don't you have yep. any hot chili sauce? Yeah. <laughs> That's a reasonable expectation. <laughs> and why don't y'all never fucking have it? Woo, yeah. They don't never have that shit. I'm yeah. mad right now. And it should be against the goddamn law. Because my chili don't even taste right without it. That's it. So why are you selling chili? Just stop selling chili then. Where is Wendy? That's who we need to be talking to. Where is Dave? Right. <laughs> Let's go to the top. So Sue Ann, like myself, is a lawyer. Like in her core. So mm-hmm. as she was defending, she she liked this man that didn't nobody else on the cast like. She mm-hmm. kept saving him every week. It mm-hmm. was hilarious. <laughs> And, and he was a mess. Uh, and so the girl, Jeffrey, who couldn't stand her, would be like, Advocate Sue, Advocate Sue. Here's Advocate Sue again, defending Blake. Mm-hmm. And um, it was this running joke the whole time. And now, I don't know, it just kind of sat with me to see, like, and, 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 and you know, why you sitting over here shit, shitting on Advocate Sue? Thank God Sue is an advocate. How about that? Thank God for her advocacy. That part. Yeah. That part. You might need it, Jeffrey. Listen. Okay. Well, her situation. Let me, let me just. See, I haven't been watching it. Otherwise, I would have chimed in with an appropriate you. insult. Yeah, exactly. Because okay. it's plenty. I'm just, as a woman, I can't say it. Mm-hmm. But it's plenty of them. She got, she got a lot on the table to okay. poke at. Okay. I see. Oh, well, I'm going to see because I'm going to watch it. I'm going to catch up. Yeah, you got to binge it. But yeah, so it was really um, interesting to yeah, see her to see in that her context. To literally all being the advocate. Long. And then they. She is literally the advocate for this family in their pursuit of justice. So good for you, advocate Sue Sis. I was I was with you the whole time. I mean, yeah. I didn't like the, the dude you like, but but if they, if you like him, we love fuck him. It. Also, shout out to Sue for having work life balance. That's it. I, I, love, I that. love that. I love that she is a serious legal eagle. Yes. Okay, yes, attorney she is. handling her business. Yes, she is. And she's also on ready to love. And she's literally ready to love. Ready I love, to love that. I like that. Down there in Miami. Yeah. Let yep. her let her do her thing. Well, you know, I live for a good reality TV professional crossover. Oh, for sure. Hello. Hello. That's my back. <laughs> All right, so that is uh, what's next for the Robinson family. Of course, here at Holden Court, we will stay all over it. For sure. Um, and the minute we get a real update uh, to move this thing forward in the pursuit of justice for Miss Robinson's family, we will update you jurors. Man. So, let's talk about Monique. Okay. Got <laughs> <laughs> a chuckle. We're going to talk about Miss Monique. Uh, we're going to get to the lawsuit, but I, we have to start with Monique's Netflix special, My Name is Monique. Yes, so it I'm is. So I'm going to start by saying this. Number one, before I get to the content and the substance of the special. Okay. I just want to say I'm glad to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just glad there's something in my, again, judicial spirit. Because mm-hmm. I walk around with a spirit of justice. That, you better say that, Ebony. I do. Uh, 
something in my spirit of justice says that everything that I've seen in terms of just the Netflix, I'm not talking about the Lee Daniels, I'm not talking about the Oprah, I'm not talking about the Tyler Perry. Specifically Spec- Netflix. I am talking about the isolated issue, Dustin mm-hmm. Ross, of Monique and Netflix. Right. I believe she was Lobo. Mm-hmm. I believe there was both racial, gender, and age discrimination. Mm-hmm. And I believe she was right to file suit. And I believe that there is a narrative out there that says if you use litigation, specifically litigation, as a tool to defend yourself, you'll never work again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you'll never work again. You're digging your own grave. Uh, you're getting in your own way. And people demonize people every day. Not just celebrities. Everyday people, Dustin. If you file a, wrong, file a wrongful uh, termination claim, oh, you'll never work out. You file a, um, what do you call it, workman's comp claim. Mm-hmm. Oh, you take somebody to EEOC. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, that's what those things are, are for. for. That's why they're in place. Yeah. Take a motherfucker to human resources. You know, I, you know yeah, I'll do hello. that in a minute. Yeah, we're going to take the walk. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see that in this particular case, uh, because it's all so public, mm-hmm. that we actually saw the manifestation, we saw the realization of a black woman in America that said, how you are treating me is wrong. I'm going to use all available legal tools and options to pursue justice for myself and those that look like me. And at the end, some level, some level of agreement was found, some common ground, and we got a Netflix, but we got a special... Not on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Not on Hulu. Right where it all where it belonged. Where it belonged on Netflix the where the time. issue took place. And I, I and love shout that. out shout out to Netflix for making that right. I agree with that. Shout out to Netflix for making that right. I agree with that. I, uh they they could have played real nasty and yep. bitter. And they realized, I'm sure somebody in that uh hierarchy mm-hmm. realized that it is only beneficial to keep it player. To keep it play. They that was Right out of the Dustin Ross book of keeping it player. No, let's fix this shit yeah. and make it right. Yeah. I love to see that. Since and I want to talk about strong black leads all the time. Fix it with your strongest black lead. That's it. Who is Monique. So I was glad to just see the trailer and see the assets and see that this manifested and this realized. I love the fact that the the uh, marketing strategy was her, her doing that video where she said, can y'all believe this shit? I know. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Was so, and yeah. also, shout out to her glam squad. She yeah. She did look gorgeous. Didn't yeah. you? Now let's talk about the show itself. All right. Where you want to start? I'm going to let you start. Because you're, you're, this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. So I love to laugh. I think that Monique is one of the greatest talents of our time when it comes to comedy. Um, she is naturally funny. Mm-hmm. So seeing her take the time to craft a joke and tell a story in that way is exciting. And that's why we were all pissed off in the first damn place. Because right. we knew she deserved the opportunity at a certain level. She's a queen of comedy. Pickles, yeah. Full stop. And, and now, was this one of her best showings to me? No, it was not. Um, I think that Monique has a propensity for oversharing personal information and we know that because of how you know forthcoming she was about her marriage way before this special and and her fedora wearing husband 
then the uh, little pillbox hat wearing husband, fascinator. He always looks yeah, like he's yeah, going to the he, royal wedding uh, or uh, the fucking derby. Yeah, always got a little, yeah, a little you know situation. situation. Yeah. Right, it always looks like it came from he's, the well, children's department. To Charles's coronation. Why is your hat? So, why is your hat so <laughs> little? That's where he looks. That's like where you're going. Like. But yeah. we know too much about her, and I think this this stand-up special on Netflix was another example of that. I don't give a damn that you were once attracted to whoever you were attracted to. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. I want you to make me laugh. Um. Also, I thought it yeah. should have been bigger. I oh, felt like, like the audience? I felt like the theater, the stage, I felt like for her to have this triumphant return, you know, to yeah. stand-up comedy, I felt like it should have felt that way. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel it. I don't think that she was given the production value that we needed to make this moment feel like a moment. Like it should have. So hopefully it's a multi-special deal, and there's a an opportunity for redemption of some sort. I hope it was a in part two. Deal. Yeah, it needs a part two. It we was, really um, need one, Monique, because damn it, Monique. Monique, we are. There's a whole section of this culture, um, especially those of us that are natural born advocates, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are really <laughs> rooting for you. Yes, really, truly. Like I just, there's something about, and I'm not saying Monique is always right, mm -mm. and I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that Monique's. Um, tactics are always the tactic tactics that I would choose, mm -hmm. but I do always something. I, I'm really strong on instincts, Dustin. Mm -hmm. You know this about mm -hmm. me. My instincts tells me that Monique, Monique don't be what I don't think she does is lie. Yeah, I don't think Monique be lying on people. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. Now this comedy special was not funny. Um, it just it just wasn't. Um, now. I've got a comparison that I want to make, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. So I don't think this this special was funny. It did not deliver queen of comedy energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just didn't. No. It Nothing did about not. it did. No. I laughed more at Ali Wong specials. I I was I wondered, I wondered, the way she was walking. I was like, are her feet hurting? I wonder was she uncomfortable. Did you see that? Yeah, because like, of the big ass platform. I wonder was her feet yeah. hurting. So it wasn't funny. Um, while I appreciate more than probably most, like I can tolerate in my comedy a lot of biographical storytelling, mm -hmm. but it's got to land somewhere. It's got to be funny. Where the payoff from the humor point is. Equal to your experience suffering through that. Because <laughs> I don't give a damn about where you went to school. You know what I'm saying? And you, there were so many, as a person who writes jokes, yes. there were so many opportunities within the stories that she did tell yeah. to make them funny. And it just never got there. So, yeah, like most people, um, I think I chuckled twice. Most most people I've talked to, Dustin, say they did not laugh even one time. Mm -hmm. And it was a wasted opportunity, I feel, like you said, for such a triumphant, for everything that went into creating this opportunity, from the lawsuit to the interviews to the you beefing with Charlemagne and what and Lenard and we didn't have all to look at your husband, <laughs> right? Sydney on the fucking Zoom, sitting next to you um, all the damn time, you know, all of this, and then it just didn't deliver. It's a perfect example of something that just it just didn't land. No. Now that said, I couldn't help. But think back to Rathaniel. Mm-hmm. Stay with me. Mm-hmm. Rathaniel wasn't particularly funny. Mm -hmm. I did not. I did not feel there was some some moments, but that was a lot of trauma, mm -hmm. a lot of biographical. I mean, this was this black man's coming out story mm -hmm. on not live TV, but you know, televised. And let's look at the outcry. I mean, let's look at the um the reaction. Pretty sure he got a. 
Golden Globe or, or an Emmy? I think he won an Emmy. Yes. He won an Emmy. He hosted the Golden Globes. He hosted Saturday Night Live. I mean, his career went to the New next heights. level. Yeah. New Heights. Absolutely. The Heights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just sleeping as hell today because it's Friday. <laughs> um, and I mean, one could argue mm-hmm. and push back because I could. I, I want to. Okay. I'm yeah, a scrappy yeah, yeah, mood. Yeah. But one could argue, Dustin Ross, when this black man comes out as gay during his comedy special that was very dark and very heavy and trauma filled. Mm-hmm. He gets pushed into the A-list mm-hmm. of the industry. And when Monique spends her comedy special talking about her special education background and her bisexuality, because I, I, I would say she came out as bisexual publicly mm-hmm. for the first time, she's demonized. Why the difference? Because there was different presentation. Okay. That's that, that, there was I, a different presentation. His, his um, it felt like a conversation. It did not feel like an attempt. To be funny. Right. Okay. Monique's is just loosely thrown out there. And also, let's keep it real. In, in the society that we live in, it's much more common and accepted for women to, yeah. and it, it's commonplace, right? So I don't think there was a, oh, wow, a shock value attached to this declaration she made, which I'm not too sure what it is that sh- she was trying to tell us or what she told us or nothing. Or, it, you know, you had a feeling. I don't know. Where's, where's what's, uh, Irene, what's the, like, what a feeling? Oh, Where, you know, yeah. but anyway, like, there just was, it wasn't it was, as monumental as this man who people had no idea, which nobody knew Monique like women before this either, I but yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. I you, mean, but it, it, it does track. Yeah, it but tracks. Yeah. But, but I, <laughs> the refusal to dye your hair, you know, all those things, but you know, just the, the edge. But yeah. anyway, but I just think that with him, it was more shock value attached, and it was a story that people, the way it was presented, and the, the stories that were attached to it yeah. made you want to root for him yeah. in a way th- that just did not show up in what Monique said to us. I agree t- with the delivery, too. Yeah. yeah. Like I it mean, just what, wasn't... what uh, Gerard Carmichael did in right there, because I, I was somewhere, I don't even know where the hell I was in the country, mm-hmm. but I remember calling mm-hmm. and texting you that mm-hmm. night, like, as soon as I watched mm-hmm. it in real time. Yes. Like, you got to see that. It was masterful. Yes, it was. And what Monique did... And then I'm gonna be done with it. She fell short of the mastery that I know she is capable of. That's the problem right yeah. there. We all had high we had high expectations. Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially with all the hell she raised. That's it. You know what I'm saying? God damn it, you want me to cut my subscription off. You better make it worth my while. You didn't Big told thing. us to not what, fuck what, with Netflix. Would have fucked around and had me missing beef. Right, you didn't stood in as, front of which that. Which as good as that was. Chop. You didn't stood in front of that bookcase yeah. and told us, "Hey, babies, my I sweet babies, right? Cut your damn Netflix off." No, I will now. You ain't you, that dud ass special. I damn sure cut it off well, now. Don't, don't cut it off before we get to this finale of uh, Love Is Blind season four because it's given. I have to watch that uh, watch for that work, so oh, uh, more on that. I'll, well, I'll that, chime in on that, that. That's actually given. Okay, so we love you, Monique. But we damn. still love you, Monique. But I agree. I really um, hope that you did have a multi special deal, mm-hmm. and I would like to see uh, a redemption special. Yeah. And then probably just drop the mic on it. Go back I, to that women's prison. Do the show there where she did that, that oh, short that women. We yeah. want that Monique. That Monique. Also, Monique, to, just to speak to her talent, um, there's just so much. I hope that now this, I, 
I feel that Monique has been walking around with a chip on her shoulder for a good 20 years. Mm -hmm. And my hope with this special, as lackluster as it was in terms of comedic payoff, I hope that if this was what she needed, Dustin, to put that chip down, to lay that burden down, yeah, as the old folks say, yeah. Then I'll take it, yeah. And now we can get to see everything else that Monique has to offer us as an actress. I'm really more here for her nowadays, just as a thespian. Absolutely, you know, because like she's somebody that she, she can be in a in a movie for 15 minutes and it just elevates. But this is the problem, though, E. Like she's she's also the same person who demands this reverence and demands to be regarded in this way but per her resume yeah. and she's the same person she's the same person excuse me who came out and said that she throws her oscar underneath the damn uh entertainment center next to her son's football awards yeah so you can't devalue it you know and all these that that's the thing that gives me courage right no, you is it uchi wally or is it one mike which Ooh. one is it monique because god damn it we want we were so happy to see you <laughs> yeah. get these be heralded as this great actor of totally. our time totally. and sweep award season the way that she did you know that's a huge feat for someone in incredible. entertainment yeah so like we want to see monique up there yeah. we want to see her there and stay up there yeah and away from sydney well, good luck with that. That's she it. said she, she she told us why she called him daddy. He, apparently, he raised her. It was a lot for me. Anyway, everybody um, don't need kids. Okay, <laughs> there's that. That's the moral of that story. Yeah. Okay, so she is now suing CBS and Paramount. Okay. This is I think she's right here because the thing is this is not really that um, groundbreaking because all mm-hmm. she's doing is following suit literally with the writing team mm-hmm. and other creatives on this project that have already filed suit. Mm-hmm. So this is like we see this we see this all the time. Uh, this is uh, network trying to marginalize the profits. This is per her her lawsuit. Dustin. Okay, it's a breach of contract suit filed in L.A. She is saying that CBS and Paramount are artificially depressing the show's profitability so they can keep money, so they can retain millions that would otherwise be contractually due to Monique's production company, Hicks Media, which is Sydney's last name. Anyway, um, CBS is sued, <laughs> Paramount Pictures is sued, and Big Ticket Production, which is the production company. Uh, she says, I just want to receive the contractual compensation that I've earned. And I believe she's right on that. Um, I saw Countess Vaughn reposted, reposted it. Yeah. So I'm sure she's here for her bag as well. Yeah. I, now this, again, you have but to she's separate right. this. She's right. Right. This is business. Yes. I, you know, I, it might not have been done properly in the past, which is why we're at this point now, but it's right. business, right. you know? Unfortunately, we know the stories attached to Monique's name, yep. and this is going to look differently than what it actually is. And I'm really glad you brought up that the point about how she's following suit she's behind just following suit. the rest of the people yeah, attached to this she's project. She's not breaking new ground here, y'all. Just, you know, this is not Monique being overly litigious. Right. Uh, I, I hate that, that people say that about her, you know? They do. And y'all gotta stop Y'all gotta stop with that shit to me because over overly litigious how? That's what litigation is for. That's why you used. pay taxes. That's it. Represent no taxes without representation. Right, no taxation without shit, representation. I remember that schoolhouse rock. <laughs> they need to bring schoolhouse rock back. And let way. Monique host the motherfucker. That That's what they need hysterical. to do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you need to write for you. You always talking about my babies. Teach them. You know what Actually, I'm saying? <laughs> follow suit like Dr. David Johns and teach the babies. How man. about that? Shout out to Dr. David Johns. Always, always. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here with this Tesla case. And this was going to be quick because, it's again, this ge- this gentleman both won and lost in the same damn day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so black man in San Francisco 
He sues Tesla Dustin for uh, discrimination. Uh, his name is Owen mm-hmm. Diaz. He says that he had been subjected to repeated racist offenses while working as a contractor at Tesla uh, near San Francisco in 2015 and 2016. He said his supervisor and other colleagues frequently used racial slurs in front of him and, and called him slurs directly. Mm. Yikes. Employees also wrote racial epithets and um, drew symbols. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say maybe swastikas and things. Yep, caricatures. The hell? Just it sounds. It sounds like something out of you know Get Out. Yeah. Just crazy. So apparently the court agreed with him. So he proved his case. Uh, so let's start with that. That's good. Yep. And the original uh, settlement. He was originally awarded one hundred and thirty-seven million dollars. Mostly impunitive damages. Court said, okay, that that's y'all tried it. That was cute. Um, but that is too high. And that's common. Y'all don't freak out about that. Oftentimes when a jury does the most, mm-hmm. a judge will come in and say it's just unconscionable. Mm-hmm. Is the argument like that much money just the, you know, kind of like the punishment doesn't fit mm-hmm. the crime. Well, here the reward doesn't fit the crime. Mm-hmm. So the judge says that's that's ridiculous. So let's 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 try to do something that's more reasonable. So the judge Reduce the figure to fifteen million. Okay, fifteen million. Uh, Mr. Diaz says thanks, but no thanks. So then there was a new trial to, and this is just the damages part. The judge was very clear to say, um, the liability has already been established. You are only to determine how much Mr. Diaz is owed. Mm-hmm. Child, the judge came back with um, three million dollars. Listen, you got to be smart sometimes, okay? If you already saw that you were awarded 137 and the judge had the ability to take that right on down to 15, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to know when to hold. What did Kenny Rogers say? Know when to walk away, know when to run. When you get to that 15, get your ass up and get on. That's it. Okay? Yeah. So you can't overplay your hand sometimes. And that's exactly what this is. That's why I say he won. He won his case. But, bro, you really lost. Um, and I think that's just greed, you know. And I think this is a lesson um, in being greedy uh, and, and not recognizing. And I talked, even when I used to practice, Dustin, I, I would talk to my clients about this. Uh, you know, when we're doing negotiations for deals or settlements or even plea bargains, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, with the, you know, we got this many years on the table. Nine. All right. You going to fuck around. What uh Juvie say? Sometimes you got to take that five. We got to take the five. That's um, what you got to do. You know, I, me personally, I get it. If yeah. they told me I had 137 on the way and this motherfucker talking about 15, I get the shot because that's a big drop, right? Yeah. But it's 15. And it's indicative. It's indicative of the actual value the judge. And ultimately, the judge mm-hmm. is an important. His perspective mm-hmm. on the valuation of your damages is is key. Yeah. So when he's giving you an indication by this is the offer I'm making you, because let's let's play the facts another way. You was to, this is still just kind of silly, right? Let's say this jury said, okay, we're gonna give you one fifty. Let's just say it. The judge is gonna come right back again, and we're gonna be right back. And the judge is gonna say, okay, so now fourteen. <laughs> 12. Yeah. Because you play it. I'm telling you what this is worth, sir. And you're right. You've won your case. You have proven the racial um, hostility of Tesla. And that's a whole nother conversation. But I'm telling you that the equitable amount that this court feels that hostility is worth 
is around 15 million. So you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Mm-hmm. And you fucking around and holding them. And now you just got, th- and by the time the three million, one million is to your lawyer. You're going to walk away with $700,000 at best. At best. One million is going to your lawyer. For sure. Another million is going to the Tag, federal government. Yep. So you got you got about eight, maybe. That's terrible because he deserves so much more than that. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's think about where he lives. Who's advising him? In San him? Francisco. So yeah, we know so how far that's going. Three months. Damn. That sucks. That really sucks. He needs to get in there and get in that, that software and make some of them executives, the, the ones that was calling them niggas and shit, get in there and, and change that software and make them cars drive into the wall somewhere. That's so what you funny. need to do. It's a, yeah, Tesla's, they, they really, um, I just suspect that, that whole, everything Elon Musk touches is going to fall. I'm just going to put that out on the table. And I'm going to be done with it. Unfortunately, sad. Look, sad but true. Is it sad? Right. Mm. That's this week's episode well, of Holy nah. Court. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week when we'll be back in session as always. In the meantime, y'all, uh, take your Claritin. You know, these Please. allergies are out here aggressive. That's my why Dustin God. and I are just barely getting through this episode. I, my we eyes is running. We, we itching and we can't breathe, shit. I feel like a Benadryl commercial. My God. Okay, in the meantime, y'all stay stay safe, keep the faith, and what you want the people to do, D? Read your terms and conditions, please. Thoroughly. Yes. Holden Court is an Interval Present original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jay Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kaysen Alexander and Courtney Deans. Consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to operations lead, Sarah Yu. Business development lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag. And marketing lead, Samira Still. 